Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Friday. I hope that you had the most amazing week. Now I'm gonna keep it real. If this is the first time that you have tuned in to Conversations with Toy, welcome. Get comfortable. If you're on your treadmill, we're gonna send them good vibes your way that you were doing all the things to keep yourself healthy and whole. But if you are like me and most people when they're listening to podcasts, I am the type of person that listens to podcasts while I am doing laundry or cleaning usually cleaning. And so we're going to send some more positive vibes your way because, you know, you got to take care of your your life and get your life together, right? So thank you for tuning in. I'm hoping that whatever conversations that we have, that you either learn something, something resonates with you, or you get to the point where you're listening and you're laughing. It just brings you some form of joy, some, some form of calm, some form of all the things that you need. Now we talk about all kinds of different things from social media. We talk about health and mental wellness always we always talk about self-care in some form because self-care is not something that you do on Sunday self-care is not just in the form of a bubble bath self-care is realizing that sometimes you have to walk away from a situation because it's no longer serving you right and so the self-caring is realized which what you need at that moment so you can get the courage sometimes it just takes five seconds of courage right to get up and walk away from something So we talk about it all and we talk about what's going on in these internet streets. And what I mean by internet streets, if you've never listened to this podcast before, is a lot of times when things are happening in the internet, it is all over the blogs or all over the place. And so we talk about those stories that have been on the the blogs of the week. And the reason for that is, is there always a lesson? Like there's legit always a lesson. You know, when we hear about Nia Long and her fiance um, cheating on her, everybody gets all worked up in arms because, of course, it's, you know, Nia. And so we love her. You know, she is an icon and we all get all worked up. But then we have to think about it. Are we allowing Boo Boo in our life to come in and he been cheating on us from day one? Right. And so don't get caught up in everybody else's stuff and don't look in because I'm telling you there's a lesson. There's always a lesson in everything that's going on. So. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Toy. Make sure you do three things. One, you're doing one. You're listening to the the podcast. Listen all the way through, right? And after you've listened to the podcast, I want you to go and share it with somebody else that they may get a laugh. They may get a cry. They may get a word, right? Give a sentence to them. Then third, write me a comment. There's so many different platforms. I try to check all the platforms and read all the comments, but send a comment so I can see what you're talking about, what you want to hear more of. You may have a suggestion. I listen to all those things. So get a comment. So that's listen, share, and leave a comment. This has been, it's always a a long week for me, right? I think for you too. I mean, when your life, when life is lifing, it's like, You get started with something and then you think you have everything under control only to discover that 20 more things has gone left and now you have to try to tie up all these different loose ends. I say all that just to simply say life is lifing and this week is no different. This week has been an emotional roller coaster. We talked last week about triggers and I talk very candidly about my own mental health 
um, I'm a blogger as well as a podcaster. And I started my blog almost eight years ago because I was dealing with postpartum depression. Well, in the midst of dealing with postpartum depression, when you start to get to therapy real good, you never have just one diagnosis, right? There are several. And I realized that I had been dealing with anxiety, you know, perfectionism, people pleasing, all kind of different things, right? And that's the whole purpose of therapy. Kind of just like you go and you find out about yourself and you have to make a decision. Are you going to allow the things that you're hearing, which can be very disheartening, right? If you think that you have been like, you know, the biggest cheerleader to people and only to realize that maybe you weren't a real cheerleader, maybe you were a people pleaser that allowed other people to walk all over you. As great as that sounds like, oh, I found out the answer. Can we just talk about how hurtful it can be to see yourself in a mirror and get, I mean, like a real gut punch situation where you really, really, really come to grips of who you've become. We don't talk about that enough. We always talk about going to therapy and how therapy is good. Let me second that. Therapy is great. However, there are so many aspects that come along with just the whole therapy process. I was going this week, dropping the kids off. And you know how you can have a block. And what do I mean by a block? If you've been in therapy long enough or you've dealt with trauma or you've dealt with whatever, you know that there are sometimes a mental and emotional block. So my kids have started a new school this school year. I don't know if I'm going to ever talk about why that went down, but nonetheless, they're in an amazing school. It's costing me a little, me and my husband, a little bit more coin, but I believe in the end it's going to be worth it. And I'm going every day, you know, I drop them off and I pick them up and I, this, we went a month in almost five weeks of schooling now. And every day that I've gone past, I just went past. I just kept driving, you know, just the normal you know way. And I do switch up when I go there, the way I go and the way I come home. Cause I believe, I personally believe you should never go home the same way every single day. So as I'm switching up, I've been past this place 20 million times now. And it wasn't until I was kind of quiet, like I wasn't listening to music, wasn't listening to a podcast, simply driving, that I drove past this white building and I realized that that was where my second therapist was. Like that was my second therapist building. Now, all the times that I've gone to therapy, I've had, you know, therapy that's been online, you know, you know, during the panoramic, I've had a therapist that was in a medical, you know, facility. And then this particular therapist was one of the most gut-wrenching therapy times. And I'm going to talk about that. The reason why it was such a horrible time for me was because it had to make a lot of decisions. There was a lot of moving parts. Um, at the time, this is when my mother-in-law was getting sicker. This is before she passed. Um, my husband and I were having a lot of marital issues during that time. There was a lot of miscommunication that was going on. And my therapist was gentle, but firm and asking me like I needed to make a decision and not because she was rushing me to make a decision. But the way that things were going down, it was like, listen, are you, are you going to stay married? <laughs> this may be the time to decide if this is you're going to be in, or you may decide to be out. And I had never had that happen before, but it wasn't really just about him. It was about things that I had discovered about myself coming to grips from my first therapist, where it was about focusing on the postpartum and letting that be the guide of, you know, do more for yourself as a mother, find other activities for yourself. It was beyond that. It was now me as a woman coming to grips with the things that I was struggling with that had nothing to do with my title as, as a mother. And so when I drove past this building, I got this chill 
not a bad chill, but just a chill. And in the midst of that chill, I remember the, you know, the conversations that I had with my therapist. I remembered the things that I had, the lessons that we learned or I learned during that time. And I realized the progress that I had made. We're talking about been married for 10 years. This might have been, this might've been like year four or five. Um, and you know, in those earlier years, even with us knowing each other for as long as we have, you know, you marriage is a mirror. And I say that to everybody because I feel like sometimes people are so gun ho and getting over the thrill of getting married, right? You just want a wedding and you're not focused on the marriage. And so you're so in love with the ideal of love that you don't realize that with this thought process of love and marriage, that it's a mirror. So my reflection of what I was assuming my husband was doing, which let's not act like he was not doing some things, but a lot of that had to do with me. How was I setting the tone for how I was being treated? What were the things that I truly needed, but wasn't able to put out into the atmosphere? So I just remembered all those lessons and I just had so much pride in the fact that I realized the growth that I had, the things that we had went through and the th- what I had went through in the therapy, because this was an individual counseling. This was not a marital counseling, although my husband and I have done it. This was more or less therapy for myself. This was a Latoy checking into self and really grounding herself to figure that all out. So I just want to say to anybody who remembers, or if you're in that moment where you're in therapy, or maybe, you know, you need to get to it. But the reality of it is like when you start to deal with you and you have to take a strong look at the things that you have said, the things that you have done. And as much as you want to point the finger out, I learned for the first time how to point the finger back to myself. And that is the way that I actually live my life. When I want to get mad about something that somebody else is doing, whether it is instant, whether significant or not, I always check me first. And I had to learn that in therapy to check me first. What part am I playing? Am I being a mirror or is the situation more of a mirror to some things that I need to deal with? Maybe the things that somebody is saying is resonating for me for a reason. So I always now check in with me before I push out. That is not to negate the fact that, you know, raggedy people are raggedy people and I be rag- and I am raggedy people sometimes, right? Sometimes I could be the problem, but there are times when other people are legit the problem. There are other times when people are not respecting the boundaries. There are other times when people are not doing the things that they need to be doing. And so this is the reality of what you may be dealing with. So therapy is very interesting in that it doesn't give you this, you know, everything's going to be okay mantra. It literally tells you, okay, when you're not okay, how can we be, get to the point where we can be okay and not being okay? And what are the steps that you personally need to take to get there? So shout out to all the people, man, woman, child, whoever is in therapy and doing their very best to take care of themselves because it is not easy. It's not an easy fix. And oftentimes you feel like you're getting worse before you actually do get better. And that is just the honest to God truth. Another issue that I won't say issue, but this week has been challenging is I had so many people compliment me. I went to an event this week. I went to several events this week and I missed one. Um, shout out to um, how to be an ethical slut. I totally fell asleep and I'm going to get into why I fell asleep and didn't miss her show, which this was, of course, this weekend was the last show. So I feel super bad. I've never, for the most part, I don't think I've ever missed any type of show or any type of anything. If I commit to being there, I try my best to be there, but I could not get up for the life of me. I fell asleep trying to get my life together. 
And let's talk about what went down this week. In addition to all these different events that were going down, I mean, there was an event after event. Sunday, this past Sunday, I went to three events in one day. Now, I people probably couldn't even tell because I changed like I changed like different shirts so that the content looks different. But I was at three events on Sunday, and then every day, literally from like even last week, there's been an event, at least one event per day. I can control if I'm going to these events. And my husband was kind of like, hey, you need to maybe figure out how to pull back some. But of course, me being, you know, not necessarily overzealous, but so excited to just kind of be out and about and doing my thing and being in my element that I kind of just ignored it. Well, you can't ignore that because, again, your body just is so overwhelmed and drained and tired. But this week for the last week, literally the last week, and I, it's been a journey. I went last week to have a mammogram done. And in the midst of me having a mammogram done, they determined that they had found something on the, you know, the screening. And I do have women in my family who have had it. So it's just been a lot of things that was on my heart about this. The way that the doctor called me, it was like, listen, I need you to drop everything that you're doing. You know, when you go to drop your kids off at school, I want you to skedaddle yourself over here and get your paperwork because I need you to come in and we need to, you know, figure this out. That was it. That was the message that it wasn't even a message. She called me. My doctor called me and told me this. Now, my doctor, particularly this particular doctor has been with me in the trenches of the different lifestyle changes that I've had. You know, um, when I'm at home, I am completely fully vegan. I don't eat anything that's not vegan when I'm in my home. When I'm at certain events, I will try other food and different things like that, which has worked out because my doctor is always okay that like, you know, we fit the lifestyle for what it is that I do and fit it around me. And um, I want to say that I went vegan years ago because of my health I had a blood clot that was in my brain this particular doctor made sure that she took care of me every step of the way she was one of those doctors that doesn't just deal with medicine she deals with the entire body so we didn't just try to give me you know pain medication for the headaches because you know when you have a blood clot in your brain depending on where it is you know for me I was dealing with these extreme horrible headaches and that's how we determined that I was actually had it that's what helped me to discover it so she walked me through that and I was actually pregnant with my third child when I was going through that, having to give myself these Lovenox shots, um, which were like blood thinners and things like that. And let me tell you, it is not for the faint. It is not for the faint. And at the time, you know, I should have been used to being pricked and poked at because, you know, this is obviously my third child, but nothing says, Lord Jesus, help me than having to give yourself a shot. You know, shout out to those who are having infertility issues and have to do that every day. I salute you because the way my life is set up, I can't do that. However, you do what you have to do to maintain your life. So basically it was a life or death situation. I had to do what I had to do. And so she walked me every step of the way when it came down to um, me getting my two sides, she was there to make sure that everything I needed happened. Then I ended up having to have a hysterectomy, which literally became a life-saving measure again. So me and my doctor for the last year, she has been in my life, making sure that I was supported and anything that I needed from, for these last couple of years, which have been amazing. And so now we had this new thing that we were, you know, walking into was what is this that we're seeing on the imaging? We have to bring you back in. We have to see what's happening. So for one week, I tried my very best to stay positive, right? Prayed up, put myself together. I tried to make sure that I was maintaining some type of mental 
you know, stability, not trying to be overwhelmed with it. But I know that other people probably could sense that something was going on and, you know, they weren't lying. It was a lot going on. And so for this whole week, as I waited to get another set of another mammogram, and then when they went to do the second mammogram, the same day, I didn't have to come back, but they were just like, um, <laughs> we need to see you at the ultrasound. So I went from the mammogram to the second mammogram to the ultrasound within a week. And so they went and they did all those things. And so they basically discovered that it was not breast cancer and that, you know, I need to do some other things, but it's not breast cancer. And for me, we, we going to be good with that. And this week of having that on my plate, still showing up at events. I had two sick children this week, two sick children this week. And even if the one, like, I, I don't even know if the one was fully sick, but even if he wasn't, he still was a present. Like I couldn't send him to school. So he was present with me as I'm trying to navigate these different things. And as a parent, as any parent knows, it doesn't matter if you if you think your kids are faking or not. And once they get pulled out of school or they don't go to school, that now pushes your schedule all kinds of over the place. So this week has been hard to try to manage. Do I need a break? The answer is absolutely. I need a break. I ended up going to all these different events, ended up sleeping through the one, didn't even get to the one event, which again, I apologize 20 million times. But in addition to that, you're trying to navigate the space. You're trying to be all these different things. And sometimes you just can't do it, right? So if you're listening to this and you're the type of person that's trying to do it all, be all, be at all, take a step back, walk it back because this week has tested me and let me further know that I needed a break, that I needed a break. And I didn't listen to my husband. Like he was able to see that something, you know, obviously I had too much going on. And at this point he was just like, listen, I pray that you just listen. And I pray that you just take and do with the things that you need to do. So I eventually did that by accident, but did it. So super grateful for that being done and to find out the answer that I needed and that the results were within alignment of what I wanted to hear. I know that all results don't work that way. It's not like you can wish them if they're, if they are something there, they're going to tell you, but I'm grateful that I didn't have to go through that again. I've been through so many different things medically with my body. And I've really felt to the point where like, okay, I finally got myself together. Finally got healthy. Finally started to give my body what it needs because I also made sure that I get blood work to see where my levels are. Because when you are vegan, you want to make sure that you're getting certain nutrients, you're getting whatever it is that you need, you know, the you want to cut back on your carbs. You want to get certain proteins. You want to do those different things. So we do a blood test quite often to make sure that I am where I'm supposed to be. And I checked out. But again, that week of trying to figure out, like, was it breast cancer? You know, overwhelmingly feel like why? What would be the next steps if I did find out that I had breast cancer? What would that look like for me? How would my, you know, not even just my business, but how would everything go down? What would happen to me? What about my kids? There was so much on my heart, so much on my heart this week. And I knew there was times when I was getting really irritable because again, stress, stress will make you irritable. Yelling because again, you're stressed. <laughs> parents people that are not parents when you start to go yelling and you're screaming or you're hollering or you're worked up it's because you're probably stressed and so trying to balance that stress with all the things that I'm doing was a lot 
as a content creator, there are so many times where I'm creating content that will never show up on my page. So everybody's like, oh, I, some people had saw me at another event this week and they were just like, girl, you're everywhere. I swear you do so much for content. Now add that to your thought process and then add the fact that there's content that I'm even doing in between all of that, that never comes on my page, never goes on my website. And I'm creating that for other companies. And so it's a lot to maintain that. I have three children that are needing my time and space. I have a husband that needs me. I have myself that needs me because, you know, me time is real. So trying to balance that has not been the greatest, but I'm so grateful to have one made it through this week and two just for attempting to take care of me, even when it felt like, you know, it was like too team too much. So grateful for that. So if you are like myself that is trying to do it all, just cut it back just a little bit. So, you know, I'm just grateful. I am grateful for this week that I've gotten over that hump. And to those who don't get the good news that they're hoping for whenever they have gone to get their mammogram or gone to get whatever health related, you know, answers, you know, I send much, much, much good vibes and prayers your way. And speaking of prayers, now I've said this very often. I am a PK. If you don't know what a PK is, that is a preacher's kid. Both of my parents were preachers, both of them. So you can just imagine, imagine the life that I had to live <laughs> with the expectations of what a preacher's kid is or is not allowed to do. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. It is a very interesting time, very much interesting in how you carry yourself. I think honestly, that's where you learn to be a people person, people pleaser. I think honestly, that's where I learned to do what everybody wanted me to do, which caused in my own personal issues, um, caused a lot of rift because again, I just didn't have that courage to just be the person that I was actually meant to be because I wanted the validation of whatever, but we're not talking about this, <laughs> this podcast. Can we talk about Juanita Bynum? Now, everybody who knows me, especially from my small hometown knows that as a child, I would say a teenager, my mother used to watch Juanita Bynum for everything. Like Juanita Bynum, especially when she came out with no more sheets was about that. I was about that life. Like I wanted to be, everything about her just was intriguing to me. You know, she was this powerful woman, you know, she commanded the respect in the pulpit. I really just respected everything about her. Now, when I say respected, I do have some questions. I'm not saying that I don't respect her. I just have some questions. Now, growing up in the church, when our church, particularly my hometown church, I would say, you know, they used to do this, you know, off the wall, off the cuff, stay things that just, you know, as an adult now never made sense. Didn't make sense then, but as a child, what could I do now as an adult, every day doesn't have to make logical sense, right? That would be great, but everything doesn't have to make logical sense. But the other flip of that is just some of the stuff just don't make no sense. You know, Juanita was buying them saying, you know, about listening to, you know, quote unquote worldly music, which means R&B, hip hop, rap, anything that's not gospel related is considered worldly music. And if you're listening to worldly music, then you're not saved. So she went up on the basically all over the blogs for that. This week, she's on the blog because blogs because she's talking about this session that she's doing on this prayer and everybody's like, well, she's teaching you how to pray. And I think originally it was supposed to be $2,000. And then it got dropped down to like 1400, basically $1,500. I'm confused. Like I've been praying since I could talk. I felt, I feel like I could teach a class for way less, but I don't know if I would teach a class. Like, I feel like we take prayer and we make it to be bigger than what it is. 
And as much as, listen, I could pray. Like as a PK, you ask me to pray. Oh, I'm coming with the goods, right? I'm coming with the goods. I am not playing with you. I can put a prayer together. It'll make it sound so good. You would wish I wrote it down for you, right? You just learn that right off the cuff when you're a preacher's kid. And you learn that just being in the environment. However, prayer is a communication. It is a communication to God. It is a communication that you afford yourself to just put yourself and your whole heart out. There has been plenty of times when I've prayed and I couldn't put two strong words together, let alone some <laughs> weak ones, right? And I've been in a situation where I'm like, God, I need you right now. Like I am in my worst state. I am struggling. I have failed. I need you. Listen, that's all it takes. So I don't know why we're praying or buying prayer sessions or, you know, having someone teach you, even if it was trying to teach you this intercessory prayer, I just feel like it's team too much. I could be wrong. Like, I don't want to say that I'm right. I'm just saying I don't, I don't see it for me. So if you're willing to pay that money, God bless. But I am confused as to why I or anybody would just pay for that. And again, I... <laughs> used to love everything that Juanita Bynum said, but it was, I think somewhere where she got married to her ex-husband and now where it's just the disconnect is there. I can't say that that's not of God because you know, everybody in our church used to say that ain't of God. This ain't of God. I don't know if that's of God. I know it don't sound right. I know it doesn't sound like order. It doesn't sound like a lot of different things. So if I had to base upon that, then I'm gonna have to say, uh, no. But who am I to say what's not of God? And that's why I refuse to just be like, she's not of God. Da, da, da. I'm just saying I'm not paying those prices. That's what I will say. I am. It's not for me. It, may, it must not be attended for me. Never was attended for me. I just know where my limitations are. And I'm high on, we not finna pay for that. We're not going, we're not paying for prayer. I don't, I'm not doing that. And, um, you know, God bless to those who do. And I feel like we got to get out of this situation. Where we feel like we need somebody else to lead us so deep into prayer that I'm willing to pay for it. Right. I was never one of those people that you can put me in a hundred dollar line, you know, for the, you know, when you ever go to church and they say, I, I got a hundred dollar faith, who got a hundred dollar faith. I got whatever God gave me or whatever my parents gave me. And that's what I'm putting in the basket. Um, as an adult, I am not jumping in the, oh, I got a hundred dollar faith. Listen, I got million dollar faith, millions of dollars of faith. Like, I, listen, I do. I really do. I believe with my whole heart, but I'm not fitting to jump into some of this rhetoric that sometimes we find ourselves into. So for those who are willing to pay your $1,500, I am not leaving a link. That is none of my business. You can find it all on the internets. Her name is Juanita Bynum. You can do all the things, but again, that's just not for me. And this is why I say, it. I don't have to talk bad about it. I'm just saying it's not for me. Like I'm not, I have no desire in my spirit to just jump around and think I'm going to go ahead and pay that money. So it is what it is like. And I feel like this, I had to learn this because you know, when you deal with church hurt, the second a leader steps out and we think that they're so wrong and to the point where we don't agree, we say all kinds of different things. It's not for me to say, it's not my call. It's just not for me. And you got to get to the point where you understand the difference. Like I could write a thesis about how wrong I thought this and this and that was, but at the end of the day, it ain't for me. So shout out to all of those who, again, 
you realize that prayer is a communication. It's literally having a talk with, with Jesus or whoever you serve. And it's about really just communicating. And sometimes you ain't got to have the right education to communicate with God. Sometimes again, you might not even be able to speak. Your spirit might have to pray for yourself where you just be, you might hum. You know, if you grew up in the church, you just remember the old church mothers used to hum and they would get deep down in that hum. And you can't tell me that they didn't communicate with God and that God did not hear them. Because again, it's about communication and that's just what I believe. But I am finna pay. I know I keep saying finna. You hear that, that country? I am not about to pay. $1,500 to pray. Just not going to do it. Today's podcast is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I personally use Athletic Greens because I don't like taking a bunch of supplements and vitamins. It's something about the pills that I just can't do every single day. And regardless of your lifestyle, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, whatever your lifestyle is, this will be for all. Also, we're all about saving money and it only costs you less than $3 a day. Not to mention, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So that means five, at least 7,000 other people, including myself, who have used it and know the benefits of it. In addition, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. That's right, one scoop in a cup of your water that you drink every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free supply, one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first pack purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. Now, time is flying so fast that we are already, this is the last day of the month. Can you really put that into thought process that we have made it through an entire month of September? Now we are going into October, spooky season, Halloween, whatever you would like to call it. But time waits for nobody. We are in the last quarter of the year, which means, listen, I know that some people will be like, well, it's the last, you know, of the quarter of the year. I'm only focused on getting through the holidays. Listen, holidays is going to come and they're going to come rather quickly. If you think about it, we're about to step into October 1st tomorrow. And already that means the Halloween is right there. Right. And so, you know what happens as soon as Halloween, as soon as Halloween comes, Thanksgiving is around the corner. After that is Christmas. And then we have the New Year's plus all the other holidays in between. So I just want to let everyone know that is listening to this podcast. Time is not waiting for anybody. However, now that we are in our last quarter, how can you finish the quarter strong? For me as a content creator, I am getting super duper, and I mean super duper organized. That means in what I am trying to put out, if I'm working on a holiday guide, I'm already trying to put the finishing touches to that. I have some things in, you know, put into the atmosphere and to contract because I want to make sure that I'm making as, you know, hey, I'm making the money that I need to make to make sure that my first uh, quarter is good. For anybody that's in this business, you know how hard it is. You have to start putting in your, you really should have been starting to put your first quarter request in for different companies and campaigns because most people will go on vacation starting the week of you know, Christmas and they're not coming back until sometime after the new year, even if it's not longer than that. So with that being said, I am putting into practice, into tote what it is that I need to put into practice so that I can end 
the year correctly and then put my beginnings of the next year together because that first quarter can be slow. It can be extremely slow. Campaigns are not as high. Um, you have different things going on. This is why I say, you know, I try to do as much as I can to have my hand in different areas because again, you got to make more money in different things. You can't just be a one shot Annie where you just do create content for just yourself. You have to open your expansion of doing that for other people, but that's just for content creators. When you think about the teachers that are about to just finish, you know, strong on their first semester and they're going into the holiday season and they're, you know, there's so many different things going on. Everybody has a pull on them in some type of regard. And so this last quarter, I try to do everything that I can to get prepared and ready, organize. Um, one, I have to find my planner. I have been struggling. I have not seen my planner. I could not tell you. It might have been a couple of days. It might actually been two weeks. Hmm. The struggle is very much, very much real. So once I discover where that's at, I have been using something else in the interim, which I'm not a fan of at all. I know that we have everything in our phones and we have alerts, but I am old school. I have to write things down. I have to visually see it. I can't do the remembering of, you know, off the top of my head, because as you know, uh, maybe you don't know, I am like Dory. I can't remember nothing. So I try to write down every possible thing that I can. So quarter, fourth quarter is here. We're in it. This is it. We're stepping right into it. And so there's a lot of things happening. I wish you nothing but success. If you are a business owner, you know how successful it is to get them holiday things already prepped, making sure you have your supplies just in case you try to order late and they don't have something available, making sure you got the holiday rush on lock, making sure that you take care of your mental health. I can't stress that enough. It doesn't matter what field that you're in, you have got to take care of your health and your mental health is A1 important. And the reason is very simple. So many times we are so much struggling with the thoughts of things that we have in our mind and our hearts. And when the holidays come, it kind of puts a camouflage because you're only focused on the holidays. You know, you're trying to make sure you get your Halloween outfit together. You're running around trying to get Thanksgiving holiday together. So you're worrying more about the dinner and you're less about your mental health. You may be in the Christmas or even the Jewish holidays, whatever the case may be. And now you're focusing on gift giving or you're focusing on, you know, spending time with family and loved ones. A lot of those things can be fun, but it can be very debilitating. And so I can't stress it enough for you to put some type of a mental health pause every now and again, as you enter to this new season and this new timing, because it's going to be super important. And as we're going into the holiday season, can we talk about how ways that we can help our mental health? The biggest way that you can help your mental health as you get ready to step into this holiday wave is your power of no. I had someone ask me, could I do something for them? Or could it wasn't necessarily do something for them or could I participate in something? And I said, no. And no should have been more than enough. But it's a weird energy when you have to have people say, well, why can't you? I need that to stop. I need grown people to stop asking other grown people when someone tells you no, the reasons why. I believe we have to get out of this concept that we believe that other people owe us an explanation as to why they're not doing something for you. We're not talking about something that somebody agreed to do for you or do on your behalf or any of those things. And then they decided they weren't going to be able to do it. However, even with that, if someone says no, and that's an inconvenience to you, it's unfortunate, but it just would be an inconvenience to you. 
But grown people, those who claim that they're grown that want to beat their chest and say how they don't need to nobody to tell them to do. If you one of them grown people and you grown, I need you to stop asking other grown people to explain why they're not doing something just because you want it done and you're not getting that done. Right. So going into the holiday season, your no has to be just as strong. Don't flinch. Don't back down. Just be clear in the fact that you do not want to do something. That could be, I don't want to come to another potluck. Listen, that potluck demon is strong. Ain't nobody got time to be sitting up saying, yo, how does y'all be doing the most, right? And so you may want to say no. It's expensive to continue going to some of these holiday parties because you need an outfit for this holiday party. You got to make sure your makeup is good for the holiday party. You got to make sure as women, we wear our heels or whatever shoe that fits our fancy. And then you're showing up to these things. You got to have your dress. You got all those different things. God forbid you got to go get your hair done. Sometimes I like to switch up my nails. So now I may have a, a, a polish change. It's not cheap, right? Then if you have to bring a dish, so now you have to cook something or purchase it. So you got to make sure you have all those things together and airtight. And then as the holidays get really strong, now you got to have a hostess gift because you can't go to someone's house empty handed. Noah strong. Use no as your guide when you don't want to do something. I had to remind myself that I'm not a child. And so when someone asked me to do something that I know will make me irritated, I mean, super duper irritated. I'm talking about that type of irritation where you just look at a person and be like, why did you even ask me? If I have to feel any type of way, if I have to call up another individual to complain about the fact that you're asking me to do something, I automatically give it a a fast no. Because now I realize that, again, I'm obviously having a problem with something that's being requested of me. And as an adult, if this is something that I can say no to, I'm going to go ahead and say no to. Because if you continue to say yes, right, you say yes to this to this brunch, you say yes to another event, you say yes to all kinds of different things, then you can't complain when you're in the burnout season. You can't complain when you're just like, You have nothing but hatred in your heart and resentment because you did something that you knew wasn't a good idea. So that's where I'm at. No is a great start in how to handle the holidays. Listen, you may have one of those aunts, those great aunts, those uncles, those grandparents that are still here and they love to tussle with you whenever you make a decision that is not, you know, aesthetically or what they want you to do. Another way to prepare for the holiday season is to have some real clear boundaries set for how you are going to interact with other people. I am the type of person that has to have, you know, boundaries set to a thousand. And this is because for so many years, I didn't have boundaries. If somebody wanted to give me something that was less than what I felt like I should have, I just would accept it. And a lot of times that doesn't feel good for me. And that's another thing too, going back to no. Whenever you feel that you have to overly explain, or if you feel so guilty that you'll backtrack and giving them that yes, you already know you've already failed yourself. You know that you didn't feel comfortable with that yes. And so you're only doing it to save face. I want you to not save face. Let people be mad. Tell them to put on a cape and get super mad because I'm telling you, anytime that you do anything that's a frustration to you, it won't work in the benefit of the person or yourself. So get some boundaries and get them now. Aunt so-and-so is going to ask you about your dating life. If that's a boundary that you don't want her or him or uncle, whoever to cross, be clear in that. And that means also being consistent. 
Every time they come to talk to you about certain topics that are uncomfortable for you, you almost have to go out of your way to make sure that you shut that down because you want to set boundaries. And yes, there's people who that even after you set a boundaries won't respect it, but just do your part. Do your part in making sure that that other person knows that this is not okay, this is not acceptable. And if you're doing A, B, and C, you should probably keep it moving. Boundaries are going to be important. Saying no is going to be important. Also, having a game plan. Stop waiting until you're actually invited to something to have a plan about how you're going to handle that. For instance, I and my husband have sat down and had some straight up conversations about the way in which we interact with people. And when I say people, I mean families. How are we going to interact with the family, whether it's my family, his side of the family, we're all family now. And those boundaries matter because, you know, somebody else is going to tell you, well, you could afford to do something. You should be able to give more. You don't get to determine that because you think that I'm rolling in money, which let's be honest, I'm not. Find a boundary, stick to it, stick to your guns, even when it's hard, you know, uh, find ways to honor your word to yourself that you don't want to go and do A, B, or C. You choose to go home and maybe take a rest, or you may choose to say, I'm going to show up, but I'm going to leave at whatever time makes me feel comfortable. These are all things that you can also take into the holidays as we're getting extremely close to that time. Set a budget. These holidays are trying to take over for the 99 and the 2000 that you got to put a stop to it. And that simply means you need to be clear on how many, who you're going to give. And remember, you can't give to everybody. Listen, I know this might sound rude, but I try not to give to people who I know are going to really match the energy. And what do I mean by that? I do not mean if somebody else is going to buy me a tennis bracelet, I need to make sure that I give them whatever the case may be. I'm saying there are many times when you give to people and it's not because you really want them to have it. You're doing it because you feel obligated or you're doing it to people who after years and years and years and years and years just never seem to reciprocate. Or they don't really, maybe you don't know if they have a situation going on that they can't, but oftentimes they don't even, you know, they're kind of rude about it. They expect certain things from you. If somebody is rude to me and they're in a gift giving situation, I just make mental notes so that I just make sure that we just give them a God bless when we see him. Right. So when I see you and you're just like, oh, where's my, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I ain't no gift here. Like, you know, that ain't for me. I don't know what to tell you. So you got to be really clear when it comes to people about what it is that you want. Setting that boundary matters and setting the boundary on your budget truly matters. Stop going out and spending money that you don't have to give to people who care less that you even gave them something to begin with. Be clear on who you're setting those gifts for. I have, um, three nieces. I have three children and the spirit has always led me to make sure that them babies have right? If when, and, and I also have a, um, a cousin that I gift a lot of things to a little cousin is about the same age as my kids. So I focus on them. Those are it. I focus on those kids. I focus on my husband. My husband, and I are, we exchange gifts. Not every couple does that. And I respect it, but my husband and I, we exchange gifts. Gifts is a thing we we're good with it. Like I like gifts. I like opening up things on Christmas day. Um, oftentimes in the past, I used to ask for some type of like blogging equipment, things that I needed and just added that to the list. But my husband is just a great gift giver. So I make sure that I'm prepared and ready to exchange gifts with him. So once I go with my husband or once I go with my nieces and the, the mother children, I do not really fully focus on other people because that's a lot. 
Um, I do give, you know, cards out for the most part every year I try and um, sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm not. So I will focus on that. But for adults, I try to either do like an elephant, a, you know, a, what is it called? The the white elephant exchange, whatever that exchange where you basically pick a number or you focus on one person, one adult, so that you're not overly spending for every adult. You know, there's some aunts and things that I might buy things for. And um, I send my grandmother and my aunts, you know, that lives in Los Angeles, I send her something and or them something. And my parents, I may get them something. Again, we we kind of focus on the on the kids, so sometimes really don't have to focus on them. I could just do the whole elephant gift and keep it pushing. But I try to limit that. You know, there's some friends who I have fr have been friends with who don't really give gifts, so I don't really focus on that. But there's other friends who and I spend so much time together that you know we give exchange of not necessarily gifts but of time so we may go out to dinner together instead of doing gifts and we may give each other handwritten notes or a handwritten card um those are things i try to focus on so have a budget stick to your budget know what it is that you're going to spend and don't go overboard listen especially when it comes to children i realize that because most people have two sides of the family for the most part i don't do overly too much for Christmas or di different things because I know that they're all these kids, my kids included, are going to receive so many different things. So I try to pull back, but get, you know, significant things, you know, with my nieces, I try to let them, they, they make a list, the older one makes a list with her mom and they send the list to me and I try to get, you know, one book, uh, one outfit and one toy. That's it. One book, one outfit, one toy. And I, that's been working so far. Everybody in our family, when we do our, you know, our group text messaging has been fine with that. And you just have to figure out what works for you. And if gift giving is not your thing, maybe you've decided, one of my friends, we were talking a couple weeks ago, she decided that they're not doing any gifts at all because, you know, she wants to save for a house and they're just newlyweds. And so that's fine too. Like there's no wrong way of doing it. Just set a boundary and set a budget. Lastly, I want to have one more discussion before we end this podcast. My heart goes out to everyone who is in Florida in the midst of this hurricane, and not just Florida, but any of the bi-coastal states that are dealing with this hurricane or hurricanes that is happening. My heart goes out to you. Um, there are so many people who are being really nonchalant about it, and that's fine because where they are, it may not be that serious. Um, and that's fine. Then there are some people who are literally devastated. I saw a video of a woman who was literally riding in a plastic, I won't say plastic, but I guess it is plastic, a plastic, like one of those soft pools that you would put like little babies in, but not that hard plastic, the soft one. Right. And she's literally riding that in her living room because the water has come up that far that she's in a freaking pool, riding it in her living room as she's just drifting past and she's recording her going past and it's crazy looking, right? Those are some people who are struggling. Please, for the love of all things right, please realize that everybody goes through something so many different ways. You know, as much as I wanted to be mad at some people who were just kind of nonchalant about it because it was other people suffering, like that's their experience and I can't take that from them. But in the same token, let's try to find a way to just bridge the gap. Why are people arguing on the internet and especially on these ridiculous apps about why somebody else should be more concerned or more painful or going through it more than somebody else? Like, I don't get it, but here we are. Florida or any of the bi-coastal states that are dealing with this uh, hurricane have enough on their plate to be worrying about people who, one, like myself, aren't even in the midst of it. 
So just be mindful of that because again, these storms will become heavy at times. They've been knocking out power for so many people. Some people can't, you know, they don't have access to their food because again, they don't have power. So they're trying to conserve as much as they can. You know, again, just be more mindful of the people that are around you. I said this last week, I'm going to say this again. The concept of just being present is a lot. To be present takes a lot of focus sometimes. It takes a lot of your energy. So be aware of the things that you say because you never know who is listening to you, who heard you, who saw you, and now they just think the worst of you or anybody that may be associated with you. Be careful of the way that you carry yourself because it's so duper important. It is very much very much important. The drink of the day is comes from uh, Top Dog Cocktails. Um, they have an amazing arraignment of already pre-made cocktails. So this is going to be for the folks who just is like, listen, I need a quick drink, but I'm not here to be, you know, the 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 bartender of the of the year. I just want to get to a good drink and keep it pressing. Top Dog Cocktails is one of those cocktails by which you can literally just put some ice in a cup pour that over and keep it pushing. Or you can decide I'm not even going to do all of that. I'm just going to sit here. And then when it's my time, I'm going to go and do what I need to do. Nothing's wrong with that. So the drink of the day goes to Top Dog Cocktails. Remember that this is the last month of the of this quarter and we are going into last quarter with all of the energy and all of the heart that we can to make this and every single quarter the best that we can. And as we go into the holiday season, make sure that you take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. I cannot stress that enough. When I don't take care of my health, when I'm not as concerned or I'm being a little too nonchalant, I always notice that things go left. So be aware again, like we talked about last week of your triggers, take care of yourself, have the most amazing weekend. I am going to be meeting up with some amazing friends. And so I am excited. I can't wait because let me just tell you, it's just like a nostalgia, but I'll tell you where I was when I come back next week, because by then I will have all the stories to share, all the things that went down all the things that were great. So have a great weekend. We will be back next weekend or next week, always on a Friday with conversations with Toy. Thanks for hanging out with me this episode. I hope that you laughed. I hope you were entertained. I hope that you thought about some of the things that we talked about, especially when we're preparing for this last quarter. And if you deal with anxiety or you deal with any of those things, make sure that you take care of your mental health and take a break, step away, let some things fall. It's going to be okay. I promise you, if it falls, it won't crash all the way. Let some things fall, let some things happen and you take care of your mental health while you are in your body because your experience on this earth is just as, it doesn't have to be ghetto all the time. We have to have some joyful moments and you have to take care of yourself to do so. Have an amazing weekend. Don't forget the drink of the day is Top Dog um, and any of the Top Dog uh, drinks, you can actually have it shipped to your home and I wish you a great weekend and we will be back. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.